The Pittsburgh Steelers are back at practice Monday at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex after their preseason win over the Lions. But even though they've played three preseason games, there's still a lot to be seen by certain players on this team, especially on the offensive line. I'm Chris Carter from the Lockdown Steelers podcast. We're going to break down who those players are, what we've seen, and who might be shaking things up amongst the presumed starting five on this Steelers offensive line. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can listen or watch this show. Uh, You can listen to it on Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. You can also watch us on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That really helps us out. Also, if you're enjoying the show, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and you get a special shout-out at the end of the show. Again, I'm Chris Carter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. The Steelers, yeah, you saw my bonus episode over the weekend. If you didn't, go check it out. I broke down the positives, the negatives, Pat Fryermuth, Ben Roethlisberger, Najee Harris. We had some interviews uh, in that show. So really cool stuff that happened with there. But we have to get back at looking forward what this team has to continue doing to build. Now, the win against the Lions, confident in many ways. The defense was pretty dominant, you know, for most for most of the game uh, when it came to the starters and the players that you care about the most. Uh, the offense was efficient, if nothing else, for pretty much the entire game. Uh, you know, when Ben Roethlisberger came out, they struggled in the red zone. But again, those are backup quarterbacks. That's kind of what you expect. But the group that everyone was most anxious to see was the offensive line, and I talked about them briefly in the first show we're going to get to them in just a sec but i also got to tell you guys about the locked on nfl podcast with the nfl season about to begin and nobody covers it like the locked on podcast network from august 30th to september 8th the locked on nfl podcast will be previewing every team and every decision with the help of odyssey's lineup of nfl experts follow the ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning august 30th and the new bet on and we're going to be seeing that right here on the Locked On on Locked On Podcast Network. Again, if you don't know, I host the Friday show of the Locked On NFL Podcast with your boy Q from Locked On Raiders. It's a fun show. But back to what we were talking about with the Steelers offensive line. We know who the stalwart is of this group. There's no doubt it is Kevin Dotson. He was the most complete of the players who played Saturday night against the Lions. Since he's returned to practice after being injured through the first few weeks of training camp, he has shown why everyone was so confident in him going forward into this season. But I'm wondering who else is stepping up on this offensive line. And there's a lot of fans out there who are reasonably asking, what about Dan Moore Jr.? Now, the presumed starting five from left to right, left tackle, Chakuma Korfor, left guard, Kevin Dotson, center, Kendrick Green, right guard, Trey Turner, right tackle, Zach Banner. Dan Moore Jr. started off training camp behind Chakuma Korfor at left tackle and even filling in for him when he was and he was also recovering from an injury. But in the past week or so, he's been filling in behind Zach Banner. 
Now, Zach Banner played the first two uh, series in this game, looked solid, saw him getting downfield, saw him using his size and his strength to kind of kind of make sure that he's locking up his spot. When Dan Moore Jr. looked was in there, he looked pretty good, too. Looked athletic. He's able to move in space. And he's looking sharp in pass protection. One thing I thought that would ring true for him was going to take him some time to get used to his pass sets because, you know, one thing I liked about Dan Moore Jr. at Texas A&M when he was an Aggie was how physical he could be at the point of attack and how you saw him play into the Aggies run game very strongly. And I thought that would come along well. And that's what Adrian Clem, the Steelers offensive line coach, was very excited to see when they got him in the fourth round. They're like, we got this guy. Great. But, you know, when you looked at his tape, you're like, okay, he has to shore up these fundamental things. But those are things that are very coachable, very much work where you can something you can work through and develop in your early years in the NFL. But Dan Moore Jr. is taking some solid steps. Now, interestingly enough, even though he played most of this game at right tackle, Zach Banner still looked solid when he got in there. We still have to see him play an entire game. Uh, he's recovered from a, from a rough ACL injury, but he's worked his way back and he's feeling confident. Um, you know, he's a guy who... He, he, lets, he lets you know when he's feeling it, and Zach was definitely feeling it. But the other tackle position, Chikuma Korfor, not been as developed as I think that the Steelers were hoping. And I've talked about Chikuma Korfor for years, since they drafted him out of Western Michigan. The guy always had good feet. The guy always had the size and the build that you want, but he never had the nastiness. And I thought eventually the Steelers would put that nastiness into him. And what I mean by the nastiness, I don't mean like dirty hits. I don't mean, you know, taking cheap shots at guys. I mean, when you get a guy, when a guy's pass rushing or you're run blocking and you grip him up and you get the position, you win the leverage, you finish the play. You finish the play by being physical, even when you may not necessarily have to be. But you do it to make a point and to make sure there's no chance that this guy can come up out of the leverage that you've won and make a play. Now, Dan Moore, Dan Moore Jr., he's been following through on that. In fact, I think most of the Steelers' offensive line have been doing that. Mike Tomlin even told us as much uh, when I asked him about it after the game, as I showed in the, uh, the bonus episode that aired Sunday on our YouTube channel and our podcast network. You saw Kendrick Green bowling dudes over. You even saw backup guard Rashad Coward 10 yards downfield flattening people. But Chikuma Korfor, you haven't seen that physical dominance yet from him. And now you're starting to wonder in his fourth year in the NFL if that's ever going to come. It's a major, it's a major question that needs to be answered by the Steelers' offensive line. Uh, again, this group they're going to have they're going to have to be physical uh, and to establish the run game. And we didn't see the run game really get established in this last game. Najee Harris only ran for ten yards on four carries, had two plays where he was tackled in the backfield. But some of the things can be forgiven. You know, a missed assignment here and there. This was the first time these five had lined up against or lined up together for a game ever. So some things can be forgiven. What can't be forgiven is if someone's just not going to be able to fit the personality that you want on the offensive line of being that physical player. We'll get more into that in just a minute here. I want to make sure that we're being thorough about this offensive line because that's a major part 
of what this team needs to see moving forward. But I got to tell you about our sponsors at betonline.ag. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back in the gridiron and football is going to start really soon. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updates on odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, which are open right now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th game between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right down to horse racing. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques, as you see below. And we're going to keep talking about this offensive line. Um, I'll say this about Chikuma Korofor, because here's what happens. Every preseason, when there's a, when there's one or there's a few games, people bury certain players because they see things, and they're like, well, that's the definitive thing. The one thing I'll say to Chikuma Korofor is that he's been on the team long enough and he played pretty much all of last season filling in for Zach Banner at right tackle that the Steelers know at least he's a veteran that's been there to help. And the reason he's in at left tackle is because they need someone to protect Ben Roethlisberger's blind side. Because often that, I mean, a quarterback's blind side is often the most important position when it comes to pass protection. And yes, technically the middle would be that too you want to make sure that no one's getting right up in the face of your quarterback but you know for a quarterback especially an older quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger who despite how he looked uh in that game he looked pretty nimble with a couple plays where he was able to run around by himself some time and throw a throw the ball on the run despite that you still don't want him having to worry about looking over his shoulder and having to feel that pressure coming off of coming off of uh, coming off from behind him and that's where the left tackle comes in now for those who are ready to anoint Dan Moore Jr. already as the starting left tackle, maybe, maybe that could be there. But I will tell you this, Jakumo Kaur for being there, I think that there's a big reason is because he's a veteran. He's more used to NFL speed by now, and he's used to kind of picking up on what teams need to do. Now, I'll also say this, Dan Moore Jr. hasn't given up those pressures that, 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 that you'd think that he would have in the preseason. Now, of course, this is all preseason. They're facing a mix of backups, starters. There's, you know, we're seeing a whole bunch of different things. Preseason football is very different from regular season football. Teams aren't strategizing for you as much week to week in the preseason. They're more so focused on their play calls, how they want to execute and focus on their pace of things. That comes when you see the regular season. And then all of a sudden, every week, there's a new playbook out where the opposing unit has, to, you know, has an idea of what you like to do and studies your weaknesses and focuses on you and then picks at those weaknesses. Those are the things that can get exposed, especially when, when young players start getting out there and they start putting the tape out there on them. But I'll, I'll say this for, for Dan Moore Jr. He has exceeded the expectations 
from I think training camp and even when he was drafted. When he when when we saw in training camp, and I was telling you because I was going to every training camp practice, man, he was getting whipped by Alex Highsmith and Melvin Ingram. I mean, those first few weeks, they whenever they did, you know, the drills where the the offensive tackle would go up against the edge rushers and it'd just be about being physical. I mean, they were just beating him to the point, getting more physical, being more, te- you know, it was sounding their technique, but they're supposed to. Melvin Ingram, guy who's made the Pro Bowl. Alex Highsmith, a guy who I think can make the Pro Bowl this year with how well he's played. And that was, and I, and I said it back then, I'm interested to see how Dan Moore Jr. cut his teeth. Because you can respond a few different ways to getting your butt kicked by veterans when you're a rookie. You can curl up in a ball. You can kind of make excuses for yourself and say, well, you know, it's just not my time. You can not respond well to it. You can get mad about it. Or you can keep working at your craft and keep going back out there and keep challenging those guys. And then eventually maybe you win a few of them and you learn from those from those war stories. And that looks like what is Dan Moore Jr. has been doing. He's been going back out there. And in practice, you can even see he does better against those guys. He doesn't win all the time. In fact, those guys usually win, still win more than they lose. But it was more so when he was first out there. I mean, it was like he didn't stand a chance. Now he's up there knucking with those guys. And that's what you want to see from the rookie, a rookie fourth-round pick. And it's funny, we were talking about another rookie fourth-round pick last year in Kevin Dotson. Even though he only started four games, everyone was really excited about him. And I know there were rumors in the offseason about coaches being unhappy with him. Maybe he was out of shape. Maybe he wasn't. We don't know. But I'm telling you, what I'm seeing on tape looks like a really good Kevin Dotson. And he could be the anchor to this offensive line starting to figure things out. Now, as I alluded to in the uh, the bonus episode that came out this weekend when I was giving my initial reactions after being at Heinz Field and talking to players and coaches and then coming back home and, you know, setting up for the podcast. My initial thought was, you know, the offensive line did the physical part but needs the coordinated part. But again, that was the part of this group that we always knew was going to be an issue. The Steelers offensive line that I think fans got a little too comfortable with with Pouncey, DeCastro over the years, Mark or Marcus Gilbert, uh, Ramon Foster, Alejandro Villanueva. Then you, you, you had in some extra guys like Matt Filer and other guys. Steelers fans forgot what it was like to be most NFL teams that switch in new offensive linemen all the time. The Steelers kept the same starting five for about four years at one point. They knew each other where they would be, when they would be, what foot, what feet they liked to step with on different plays, the chemistry, how they responded to different formations, each other's strengths and weaknesses. That stuff is serious chemistry that takes time to build. And even though it was nice to have that, eventually sometimes you get too old, you get too beat up, you get, you know, you, you have too many injuries and, you know, you're not as, and, and you're not as effective as a lineman individually anymore. And then your chemistry isn't worth as much. And I think that's where the Steelers offensive line kind of was at last year. And it's looking really rough for Alejandro Villanueva out in Baltimore right now. He saw didn't see some good highlights from him over the weekend as well. But that's where this new line has to has to get it. It's obvious they have the strength. Trey Turner, I'll say this. He's not, he's still not the most the, the most athletic guy he was when he was in his prime. Uh, you know, with, with the Panthers, but he is a good blocker. He's still physical. He still wants to bully people, and there's times that he does. 
Kendrick Green figuring it out. I think that he he's a guy he just kind of has to come into his own, let the game come to him a little bit more, and he'll start to he'll start to understand when to be physical, when not to be physical, when to hold things back. And I, you know, I, I've, I've spoken about Zach Banner. I think he's coming. I think he's coming along nicely. I think he might even be the kind of the the veteran leader of the group, the guy that's kind of like, hey, I've been around here. I'm you know, I'm 28 years old. I'm a veteran. I earned my way back into the NFL after a rough start, but I'm here now, and you know, I'm ready to be a leader. And then, like I said, there's still the the talent in uh, Kevin Dotson. This is a group that individually. There's merits across the board. Each guy brings something to the table, but it's going to be about how do they gel? When does the chemistry start to kick in? And I'll tell you, the chemistry didn't kick in for Pouncey and DeCastro right away. I, I always point back to, I think it was the start of the 2013 season. The Steelers are opening up against the Titans and on like one of the first goal line possessions of the, of the, of the season, DeCastro tries to cut block his man. He misses, hits Marquise Pouncey's knee and takes him out. He's out for the season. I mean, I'm not saying that the Steelers are going to be that bad with their offensive line this year, but there are plenty of things that you can't understand until you play with these guys, until you go to war with these guys, until you line up against some of the better defensive linemen in the league and have to go toe to toe. And then when you, when you're, when your quarterback gets sacked or your running back gets hit, and then you look at the, you look at the the film on the sideline and the pictures and you, and you talk to each other and you say, what happened? All right, I need to be here. You need to be here. And then game to game, you start to adjust. All right, you know what? We just know that, you know, this guard, this one guard on our team, he's not good at picking this up. So we got to work around that. that. Those are the chemistry things that take time. So I think that there's some people out there like, oh, man, the offensive line, they don't have it together yet. This is ridiculous. How do they not have it together yet? Listen, not only was that their first game playing together, they barely practiced together for, for a full week. Zach Banner was recovering from ACL. Trey Turner was is coming in from a new team. Kendrick Green's a rookie. Dan Moore's a rookie. Kevin Dotson started four games last year. Started out camp hurt. Chakuma Kofor started out camp hurt. This team, this offensive line is behind where you, you hoped they would be if this was a couple months ago when we were thinking, okay, it'd be great to see these guys start to catch on. But the good thing that you that you are seeing is their willingness to be physical. And back to Dan Moore Jr., that could be his ticket to getting more of a shot to play more snaps and maybe have a shot at starting this year. I'm still not pegging that to be to, to be a certain thing, but I'd say that with the way that he's performing, it's at least sh- at least should be something that pushes Chikuma core for in this in this last week of preseason football and the, as we're getting ready for week 1 when the Steelers take on the Buffalo Bills. There's a lot more breakdown about the offensive line. We'll continue to do that as the preseason wraps up soon. But I also want to talk to you about something on the defense because there's definitely things there that we are seeing that I got to look back more at the film at, and I want to get I want to give you my thoughts on that. But first, I got to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Built Bar. Built Bar is the healthy treat that tastes like a candy bar, and it's the ultimate protein bar for you. It's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, and it comes in so many different flavors. Whether you want to have a fruity snack like raspberry, strawberry, or orange, or something different like salted caramel, cookie cre- cookies and cream, Rocky Road, or my personal favorite, double chocolate, Built Bar has all the flavors you could want to enjoy. And the best part, they're all healthy. They range from 130 to 180 calories. They pack 17 to 18 grams of protein, but only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. That's a a tasty and healthy snack that'll save you from eating that snack that you regret later and stays on task with anyone's diet. Trust me, I've had to, I've felt like I wanted to eat some snacks recently and a built bar that's turned out to be a great snack to get me through the day without trying to eat something that's going to 
set back all the progress I had made on my diet this week. So order some Built Bars today and get your favorite flavor delivered right to your door by going to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all capital letters, all one word, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And we're also brought to you by RockAuto.com, where you can save time and money by visit by using Rock Auto. But when why, why would you choose to, to spend 30%, 50%, or 100% more for the same parts that you that, that you would get at a chain store or dealership? For example, if you go to the chain store or dealership, a Honda Odyssey fuel, fuel pump can cost you $353. But if you go to RockAuto.com, it costs you $216. That's a lot of money you're saving. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps to, to motor oil and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs by going to rockauto.com. Right, you can visit go visit there right now, and you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. Remember to write "locked on" in there. How did you hear about us, box? So that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com today, and we're jumping right into the final segment here. Just breaking a few things down about this secondary. Now, you guys remember I was talking about my four four dogs, two bones situation at cornerback. You know, there's always two dogs, one bone. But in this case, I thought with slot cornerback, you had Arthur Mollette uh, versus uh, Antoine Brooks in the slot. And then an outside cornerback, you had James Pierre versus Justin Lane outside. And then Cam Sutton was kind of in front of both positions so that he was your default. If there was a if there was a winner of one of those position battles that you didn't like, you put Cam Sutton in front of that guy and let the other position winner take over. So, for example, if James Pierre wins out the outside cornerback position, which he definitely has from Justin Lane, you'd put Cam Sutton in the slot instead of having him line up outside. And vice versa, if you were really happy with Anton Brooks or Arthur Mollette, you'd have that guy start in the slot and keep Cam Sutton in the outside and save James Pierre as your first reserve. But we're a little concerned here because the Steelers have been suffering a rash of injuries from their slot corners. Arthur Mollette went down from an injury and he said he will be back and he'll be better. And we haven't gotten all the details just yet on what his injury is and how severe it is. Antoine Brooks had been trying to work his way back from an injury. He hasn't practiced uh, with 11 on 11s. He didn't play in that preseason game either. He's missed two straight preseason games and he's in danger of losing his spot that was presumed to be his on the starting on the starting roster. Going into training camp, he was everyone's projected starting guy. And when the training camp opened, he was running with the first team defense in the slot. But in this game, you saw Joe Hayden out there. And then you saw Cam Sutton lining up in the slot and James Pierre lining up outside. And James Pierre not looking bad. Didn't look great in this last game. I won't lie. James Pierre didn't have the best night of his of his of his preseason so far, but he was still in position. You weren't looking and saying, oh my goodness, what where where's the cornerback? You know, it wasn't like major mental mistakes like sometimes you'd see with Artie Burns or Cody Sensible or other guys in the past. And that's what you want to see from your guy if you're putting him out there is make sure at least he's being in the right spot. And again, with Cam Sutton's versatility, which is why they paid him the money that they did, he could bump into the slot and be effective. He can stay outside and be effective. This way, if Arthur Mallette or Antoine Brooks or both come back healthy at some point, maybe they get some more shots in the slot. Mike Tomlin also indicated on the Wednesday before the, or excuse me, the Thursday before the Saturday game against the Lions, when we asked him about the slot cornerback position, you know, because we saw James Pierre lining up outside. We saw Arthur Madelette lining up in the slot and then Sutton coming back in for James Pierre. 
Mike Tomlin indicated this group is going to rotate who plays which cornerback spot based on situations. And he said it's just what they feel like third down, second downs, you know, first and longs after a penalty, first and, or second and shorts, you know, after, you know, you know, depending on the matchups they get. There's just going to be different spots where these cornerbacks have to hold up. But if you don't see Arthur Mollett or Antoine Brooks back at full speed soon, it might decide the Steelers' future for them at their secondary this year. It might mean that Cam Sutton is just going to be slot all over again this season, and the Steelers are going to have to live with James Pierre and Justin Lane on the outside. Now, I will say this, and I was one of the guys who was hardest on Justin Lane when he was messing up early in the preseason, and he had not had a, a first couple good couple of years in the NFL. But he's continued to do well in, in special teams, where I think has always been his strength in the NFL so far. But now in the last few weeks, we've seen him start to perform better as a cornerback on defense. He had a really nice breakup on a deep ball in this last game that I thought was impressive. In the last two games, he's he's, he's been part of two turnovers. Now, granted, those two turnovers weren't the ideal, like, oh, man, you made an amazing play type of situations. But being opportunistic to create those splash plays that Mike Tomlin loves to talk about, that will get you noticed. And sticking to your job will also get you noticed. So maybe the Steelers feel like, you know what, we're fine with our depth there because Cam Sutton's our first guy in the slot. And we got two guys lining up outside. If Joe Hayden goes down, one can go there. And or if James Pierre doesn't play well, one can go there. And then if you get those guys healthy in the slot again, cool, then you bump Cam Sutton back out. But it's also clear that with both Devin Bush and Joe Schobert, the Steelers are very happy to leave those linebackers out there instead of going to dime packages on big passing downs, letting them both run the field a little bit because they're both more fit to be covered linebackers. They're athletic enough and they're used to enough playing that playing in those roles. So maybe you don't you won't need as many, you know, three safety or four cornerback position position groups coming out there. But more of that will be seen this week in practice as the Steelers get ready for their final preseason game. They're 3-0 so far, getting ready to take on the Carolina Panthers this Friday in Carolina. We'll be talking more about that right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast to get you through the week and get you ready for your next Steelers game. Finishing out and talking about who's going to fill out the, the starting roster and who's going to fill out the rest of the 53-man depth chart as we continue on through this this uh, this preseason, getting you ready for week one with Steelers versus Bills. Again, I'm Chris Carter. Thanks so much for listening to or watching the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Odyssey, and, of course, YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That really helps us out. Also, rate us five stars with a positive comment on Apple Podcasts, and you get a special shout-out at the end of the show. Again, I'm Chris Carter. Thanks again for watching or listening to us. We'll be back in the ears very soon with another episode on your Pittsburgh Steelers. 